welcome to the Otter Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Page, and today we are heading into the woods in search of a house that would make a real estate agent cry and the woman who lives within. Is she a witch, a god, a boss babe who does what she pleases and answers to no one? Perhaps. Today on the Otter, we are talking about Baba Yaga and her house on chicken legs. So gather your breadcrumbs and don't forget the magic words and let's go. Good morning, Midnight and Moon, my otters. How is everyone doing today? How did we enjoy last week's episode? Tantrum throwing skulls who refuse to be budged just really cracks me up. Imagine being that willful even from beyond the grave. I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and if you really enjoyed it, or if you didn't, please leave a review. They really do help. For the returning listeners, welcome back. And for the new listeners, welcome, welcome to the Otter Podcast, where we are a trail mix of all things unknown, unsolved, and just plain odd. This is another Hey Could You Do This episode, and if you would like to make a request of your own, good news, you can. I do listener request episodes, so if you want your own personalized episode, you can send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and know what you want to hear from me. Small little itty bitty warning on this episode, our star player is a known gobbler of children, so if some light cannibalism is not to your taste, maybe proceed with caution. I guess it's not really a cannibalism as we are talking about Baba Yaga, a boogeyman of Slavic origins who never claimed to be human to begin with, but asking too many questions and not doing as you're told is a quick way to end up on her dinner table. So let's hope we all taste as good as we look. For many children at bedtime, a tale featuring a little old woman in a cottage in the woods is not unusual. Red Riding Hood got gobbled up by a wolf after visiting her granny. Hansel and Gretel fell prey to a witch in a gingerbread house. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. For some reason, in all our beloved fairy tales and fun rhymes, little old ladies have chosen to take up residence in the deep dark forest, where perils and dangers await at every turn. Now, sometimes these are sweet little grandmothers just toiling away, but sometimes they are monsters, hungering for the taste of children. If you should stumble upon a cottage in the woods and notice a pair of dentures floating in a glass in the window, you can never be sure if it's sweets and pie on the other side of the door or a boiling pot of oil ready for frying. And what do you do if you find the house on chicken feet? Baba Yaga is a key figure in Slavic and Russian folklore. Seen in many different lights, she is often posed as the wicked witch living in the house that walks around the woods on chicken feet. Her home is bordered by a fence made from bones of her victims, and when it is stationary, the witch is known to fly around in a giant mortar and pestle using a broom to wipe the tracks it leaves behind. She is mistress over countless animals and monstrous servants, and may even command the very rising and falling of the sun. If you are unlucky enough to cross her path, you will see an ugly old hag with a nose so large that when she lays across her floors, it touches the ceiling. She has long, sharp teeth and wears the hands of those that have fallen prey to her appetite. Sounds horrific, doesn't it? Sounds positively evil? Of course it does, but Baba Yaga goes a few steps further than our usual child-eating crone because Baba Yaga is neither good nor evil and in fact has become quite a popular character amongst feminist scholars. Let's pick this story down to the bone and find out who Baba Yaga really is and what she was meant to represent. 
While the earliest written mentions of Baba Yaga appear in 1755, wood carvings of her from the 17th century hint at an even earlier start. Her name is often thought to mean Grandmother Witch, and she appears as an antagonist in written and oral stories. Standing in for the usual witch figure, Baba Yaga is actually thought of as more of a trickster, and can offer help to those who come across her as well as harm. Some scholars even believe her to be the Slavic version of the Greek deity Persephone, as she is usually associated with woods and nature. Sometimes she's not even pictured as a single witch, but multiple, with either daughters or sisters who are collectively referred to as the Baba Yagas. In other tales, she's even said to be the devil's grandmother. Baba Yaga makes her home at the edge of a forest in a hut that stands on a giant pair of chicken legs. With no windows or doors, the only way to enter the hut is to say the magic phrase, turn your back to the forest, your front to me. Only after the utterance of this will the house reveal its threshold. Looking in, you will find her either slumped over the stove or splayed out on the floor, filling the space. Although Baba Yaga is often depicted as a poorly kept old woman, she also has the ability to appear young and beautiful. She does this through the use of a special potion and uses the disguise to trick strangers. She is also sometimes depicted with a single leg, which is explained away as being the byproduct of kinship to snakes. Although she is rumored to enjoy the taste of a plump child, Baba Yaga is not picky and will eat anyone who lands on her dinner table. Of her servants, she is known to command many animals, such as cats, hounds, and a flock of geese. Her home is served by invisible maids and butlers, and in the woods around her house you may encounter three riders. One in white, riding a white horse with white harnesses, who is day, a red rider riding a red horse with red harnesses, who is the sun, and one in black, riding a black horse with black harnesses, who is night. These riders control the passing of time, and Baba Yaga is rumored to have some influence over them. Those who in their desperation seek the aid of Baba Yaga must truly be desperate. An emphasis is placed on the need for proper preparation and purity of spirit, as well as basic politeness to any that encounter her. She will explain away the previously mentioned riders if asked, but may kill a visitor who inquires about the servants. This is because Baba Yaga reviles questions. It is said she ages one year every time she is asked one, which would explain her reluctance to help all who seek her out. This effect, however, can be reversed with a special blend of tea made with blue roses. However, she is not all bad. Although she is commonly shown to be more on the nefarious side, she is known to occasionally offer guidance to lost souls, help people with their quests, and right others' wrongs. Baba Yaga is thought in some circles to break the rigid witch mold and instead be a trickster. A trickster is a creature appearing in several different mythologies and is essentially a god. These may be familiar to you if you are a fan of Marvel and Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of the Norse god Loki. Tricksters interfere in the lives of gods, humans, and the natural world freely, and often just for kicks. However, the trickster plays an important role in the life of their victims by encouraging them out of their comfort zone. The interaction with the trickster generally leads to some form of transformation. So while interacting with a trickster may seem cruel and difficult, those that come out the other side often have their lives and selves improved, or altered in an ultimately powerful way. Other trickster gods include the Coyote in Native American belief and Anansi in West African belief. Swiss psychiatrist Carl Gustav Jung suggested the trickster god may also be a manifestation of the shadow, 
The shadow is a psychological archetype that represents the dark and unknown aspects of our individual and communal personality. The shadow appears in dreams, visions, religious tales, and legends representing repressed ideas, weaknesses, desires, instincts, and shortcomings. The shadow basically represents who we would be if not constrained by familial, religious, and communal rules and behaviors and forms as a result of us trying to comply with the society around us. Baba Yaga fits in this archetype as she rejects the consciousness of social norms and acts freely in the way she chooses. She is animalistic in her hunt for prey and divine in her supernatural abilities of flight, shapeshifting, and magical spells. She follows nobody's laws but her own and answers to no one. Baba Yaga's trickster traits are shown in several of her stories. Take for instance Vaslisa the Beautiful. In the story, Vaslisa lives happily with her mother and father until her mother falls ill and calls her to her deathbed, giving her a magical doll to help her. She must always keep the doll with her, a secret from everyone else, and offer it food and drink whenever she faces some challenge in order to receive its help. After her mother's death, her father marries a woman with two daughters, who is envious of Vaslisa's beauty and abuses her. Vaslisa relies on the help of the doll to see her through the difficulties, and as promised, it assists her once fed crumbs from her meals. Once Vaslisa and her stepsisters reach the age of marriage, the stepmother refuses all of Vaslisa's suitors, telling them that she cannot be married until her older sisters find husbands. However, nobody wants to marry these sisters. In hopes of getting rid of Vaslisa and securing husbands for her own daughters, her stepmother keeps sending her into the woods on errands. On one of these errands, Vaslisa is sent directly to Baba Yaga's hut to ask for fire. She sees three riders on horseback dash past white, red, and then black, who bring twilight, sunrise, and night respectively before arriving at Baba Yaga's hut just before darkness falls. Baba Yaga demands to know why the girl is there and agrees to give her fire in return for work. She assigns Vasilisa impossible tasks, which she is able to accomplish with the help of her doll. Vasilisa remains with the witch for some time as her servant and becomes curious about a number of things, but is warned by Baba Yaga not to ask too many questions as she may not always receive an answer she likes. Vasilisa understands the implied threat and only asks about the riders, but Baba Yaga becomes enraged when Vasilisa does not fall into her trap and demands to know why she will not ask more. Vasilisa responds that she is only doing as Baba Yaga suggested and then infuriates the witch further when she is asked how she was able to perform all the tasks, which she replies with carefully, with my mother's blessing. And Baba Yaga, who will not allow anything blessed to stay in her house, tells her to leave. Baba Yaga sends her home with a skull from her fence containing burning coals. However, once it is brought into the house, it burns the evil stepmother and stepsisters to ashes. Burying the skull beneath the house, Vaslisa and her doll leave. She becomes a seamstress and with the doll's help impresses the king so deeply that he falls in love with her and they are married, happily ever after. In this tale, as in others such as the Frog Princess, Baba Yaga acts as the means of transformation for the main character. The doll performs all the impossible tasks given to Vasilisa, but it is Baba Yaga who assigned them and who warns the girl about asking too many questions and so saves her from probing too deep into dangerous territory. She also provides her with a skull that sets her free from her stepmother's cruel tyranny when she could easily have killed Vasilisa and eaten her, but even after becoming enraged, she holds up her end of the deal. Although traditionally seen as a figure associated with death and cannibalism, Baba Yaga acts more as a lesson for the protagonist. 
Her rejection of societal norms frees her to act unconsciously on her desires, and in doing so she changes the lives of those who enter her home. If one accepts Young's suggestion of the trickster as an embodiment of one's shadow, Baba Yaga represents those qualities we typically strive to suppress and reject within us such as selfishness, violence, spite, and want, but which are inherently part of our nature, and once acknowledged can be tempered with our better aspects, such as kindness, consideration, gratitude, and helpfulness, all of which are usually embodied by those who seek her out for help. This rejection of anticipated action also landed Baba Yaga in the sphere of feminist influence. Baba Yaga is one of the few women pictured in classical storytelling that does not fit into the virgin mother witch mold. She is not wholly good, nor wholly evil. She is powerful and lives by her own rules. She is often cast as a villain, but offers assistance in her own way, and without her the characters in her stories would never reach their full potential. In a world where older women are typically regaled to the slot of dolly-draped grandmother or wicked stepmother, Baba Yaga slings off her bra and flips the story writer the bird. Baba Yaga is not even fully confined to the old tales, and you will see her mentioned in modern media. John Wick, starring Kanye Reeves, sees the anti-hero being called Baba Yaga by his enemies. For those Ghibli fans, of which I am one, Hayao Miyazaki used Baba Yaga as a basis for the bathhouse proprietor Yubaba in his award-winning 2001 movie Spirited Away, and used her hut as inspiration for the roaming home in Howl's Moving Castle. Neil Gaiman is quite the fan, using her both in his Sandman comics for DC and the Books of Magic comic series. For those who have seen The Witcher on Netflix, The Deathless Mother in Season 2 is based on her. From movies to music to video games, the influence of Baba Yaga is seen everywhere. I thought it might be fun to wind down the episode with a story about Our Lady of the Hour. Taken from Folk Tales from the Russian by, hang in with me, Vera Zinotomava Kalimantiano de Bluthermal. I could be saying that completely wrong and I apologize if I could, I could not find a translation for it on the internet. Written in 1903, this is a story titled simply Baba Yaga. Somewhere, I cannot tell you exactly where, but certainly in vast Russia, there lived a peasant with his wife, and they had twins, a son and a daughter. One day the wife died, and the husband mourned over her very sincerely for a long time. One year passed, and two years, and even longer, but there is no order in a house without a woman, and a day came when the man thought, if I marry again, possibly it would turn out all right. And so he did, and had children by his second wife. The stepmother was envious of the stepson and daughter and began to use them hardly. She scolded them without any reason, sent them away from home as often as she wished, and gave them scarcely enough to eat. Finally, she wanted to get rid of them altogether. Do you know what it means to allow a wicked thought to enter one's heart? The wicked thought grows all the time like a poisonous plant and slowly kills the good thoughts. A wicked feeling was growing in the stepmother's heart, and she determined to send the children to the witch, thinking sure enough they would never return. Dear children, she said to the orphans, go to my grandmother, who lives in the forest in a hut on hen's feet. You will do everything she wants you to, and she will give you sweet things to eat, and you will be happy. The orphans started out, but instead of going to the witch, the sister, a bright little girl, took her brother by the hand and ran to their own old, old grandmother and told her all about their going in the forest. 
Oh, my poor darlings, said the good old grandmother, pitying the children. My heart aches for you, but it is not in my power to help you. You have to go not to a loving grandmother, but to a wicked witch. Now listen to me, my darlings, she continued. I will give you a hint. Be kind and good to everyone. Do not speak ill words to anyone. Do not despise helping the weakest and always hope that for you, too, there will be the help needed. The good old grandmother gave the children some delicious fresh milk to drink and to each a big slice of ham. She also gave them some cookies, and when the children departed, she stood looking after them a long, long time. The obedient children arrived at the forest, and oh wonder, there stood a hut, and what a curious one! It stood on tiny hen's feet, and at the top was a rooster's head. With their shrill, childish voices, they called out loud, Isbuska, Isbuska, turn thine back to the forest and thine front to us. The hut did as they commanded. The two orphans looked inside and saw the witch resting there, her head near the threshold, one foot in one corner and the other foot in the other corner, and her knees quite close to the ridgepole. Foo, 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 exclaimed the witch. I feel the Russian spirit. The children were afraid and stood close, very close together, but in spite of their fear, they said very politely, Ho, oh, grandmother, our stepmother sent us to thee to serve thee. All right. I am not opposed to keeping you children. If you satisfy all my wishes, I shall reward you. If not, I shall eat you up. Without any delay, the witch ordered the girl to spin the thread, and the boy, her brother, to carry water in a sieve to a big tub. The poor orphan girl wept at her spinning wheel and wiped away her bitter tears. At once, all around her appeared small mice squeaking and saying, Sweet girl, do not cry. Give us cookies and we will help thee. The little girl willingly did so. Now, gratefully squeaked the mice, Go and find the black cat. He is very hungry. Give him a slice of ham and he will help thee. The girl speedily went in search of the cat and saw her brother in great distress about the tub. He had filled the sieve, yet the tub was still dry. The little birds passed flying nearby and chirped to the children. Kind-hearted little children, give us some crumbs and we will advise you. The orphans gave the birds some crumbs and the grateful birds chirped again. Some clay and water, children dear. And away they flew through the air. The children understood the hint, spat in the sieve, and plastered it up with clay, and filled the tub in a very short time. Then they both returned to the hut, and on the threshold met the black cat. They generously gave him some of the good ham, which their good grandmother had given them, petted him, and asked, Dear kitty cat, black and pretty, tell us what to do in order to get away from thy mistress, the witch. Well, very seriously answered the cat, I will give you a towel and a comb, and then you must run away. When you hear the witch running after you, drop the towel behind you, and a large river will appear in place of the towel. If you hear her once more, throw down the comb, and in place of the comb there will appear a dark wood. This wood will protect you from the wicked witch, my mistress. Babiaga came home just then. Is it not wonderful, she thought? Everything is exactly right. Well, she said to the children, today you are brave and smart. Let us see tomorrow. Your work will be more difficult, and I hope I shall eat you up. The poor orphans went to bed, not to a warm bed prepared by loving hands, but on the straw in a cold corner. Nearly scared to death from fear, they lay there afraid to talk. The next morning, the witch ordered all the linen to be woven and a large supply of firewood to be brought from the forest. The children took the towel and comb and ran away as fast as their feet could possibly carry them. The dogs were after them, but they threw them the cookies they were left. The gates did not open themselves, but the children smoothed them with oil. The birch tree near the path almost scratched their eyes out, but the gentle girl fastened a pretty ribbon to it. 
So they went further and further and ran out of the dark forest into the wide sunny field. The cat sat down by the loom and tore the thread to pieces, doing it with delight. Baba Yaga returned. Where are the children? she shouted and began to beat the cat. What hast thou let them go, thou treacherous cat? Hast thou not scratched their faces? The cat answered, Well, it was because I have served thee so many years, and thou hast never given me a bite, while the dear children gave me some good ham. The witch scolded the dogs, the gate, and the birch tree near the path. Well, barked the dogs, thou certainly art our mistress, but thou hast never done us a favor, and the orphans were kind to us. The gates replied, We were always ready to obey thee, but thou did neglect us, and the dear children smoothed us with oil. The birch tree lisped with its leaves. Thou hast never put a simple thread over my branches, and little darlings adorned it with such a pretty ribbon. Baba Yaga understood that there was no help, and started to follow the children herself. In her great hurry, she forgot to look for the towel in the comb, but jumped astride a broom and was off. The children heard her coming and threw the towel behind them. At once a river, wide and blue, appeared and watered the field. Baba Yaga hopped along the shore until she finally found a shallow place and crossed. Again the children heard her hurry after them, and so they threw down the comb. This time a forest appeared, a dark and dusty forest, in which the roots were interwoven, the branches matted together, and the treetops touching each other. The witch tried very hard to pass through, but in vain, and so very, very angry she returned home. The orphans rushed to their father, told them about their great distress, and thus concluded their pitiful story. Ah, oh, father dear, why dost thou love us less than our brothers and sisters? The father was touched and became angry. He sent the wicked stepmother away and lived a new life with his good children. From that time, he watched over their happiness and never neglected them anymore. However you view her, be it a simple witch, a feminist icon, or a misunderstood grandma, I think it's safe to say Baba Yaga does not care. She lives how she wants, wants her power openly, and answers to no one. The freedom she exhibits gives us all a want to be the most untethered version of ourselves. We change, we go through ordeals, and we come out the other side evolved. We face difficulties, and yet we grow. One thing is for sure, if you do find the chicken-footed hut in the forest and wish to change your luck, never forget the magic words. Turn your back to the forest, your front to me, and prepare yourself for a lady waiting on the other side of the door. Well, that's all for this episode. So, what do you think? Do you believe in Baba Yaga? Do you think she's a trickster god? What would you do to escape her? Let us know what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and leave a review. The Otter Pod is also on TikTok. Come follow us there. Have a suggestion for a show, send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com with your request and whether you'd like me to mention your name, your alias, or nothing at all. Remember, this is The Otter Side, so give me something cool, creepy, or confusing to deep dive for you. If you like the show, leave us a review. They really help. Remember to never ask too many questions because that might just get you eaten. The Otter Podcast posts every other Thursday. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Otter Side. Otter Side.